Welcome to the Courtside Hoops podcast with Reg and Buckets. I'm Reg and I'm joined by Buckets via Zoom uh, on this Sunday afternoon. I just had to think of what day it was because I'm pretty tired after a rough night with the little fella. Um, how is your weekend, Buckets? Yeah, it's going well. We had a fair bit of rain yesterday, which will do wonders for the lawn. So, yeah, I just had a bit of a, a uh, lazy Sunday morning and uh, getting ready to get out there this afternoon after this and uh, get a cut on. Nice. I, I had a question uh, from one of the listeners too. They was talking the other day and they asked uh, that uh, how your basketball ring setup is going because they haven't heard anything for a while. I know, and it's it's really upsetting because I just I've had the concreters come around and then they they were organising to get their earthwork guys to come and have a look so they could quote it up. But that was eight weeks ago, and I haven't heard anything. So. I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit snookered at the moment. I, I'm just on, on the weight game for them to organise themselves and that sort of thing. So yeah, I just uh, can't get someone to do the job at the moment. So, so frustrating. Might have to go wide, wide with the offer soon. So, yeah, it's been <laughs> yeah, a long it. eight weeks because I just want it done. But um, yeah, I've just got to wait for the, the necessary trades to get going. So I've just got a, a little patch dug out and I'm um, waiting for the, the big machines to come in. I did tell him. I said, I'm pretty sure if it was up, he would have said something. So I think it's still, yeah. <laughs> still just waiting. <laughs> yeah. So if, if anyone anyone wants to move some dirt and put up a retaining wall for me, um, hit me up. <laughs> Do they have to be qualified or just any old body? <laughs> just anyone. Just anyone with an excavator, just come in and start digging. <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is going to be one of our best pods ever, I reckon, um, because it is the topic of the basketball world. Um, which is the old goat debate, um, which has been going for oh how long now? Be, be years now that there's every time something new happens, it's comes yeah, up. Since I reckon 2012, once he won his first title, um, it's all started to basically get progressively longer and louder since then. Yes, absolutely. Um, I thought we'd start by uh, just going through who we would have on our Mount Rushmore. Um, as, as most shows do, they, they refer to the old Mount Rushmore, which is obviously four, four players. So who would you have um, as your top four um, on, your, on your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, so my Mount Rushmore, now earlier in my, my life, um, I would have said there was always the easy three, and that was Jordan, Bird, Magic. But as I've gotten older and, and watched more basketball and, and sort of adjusted the criteria of, of that, um, it's changed um, to more purely based on individual basketball excellence and what they're able to do in their career. Um, because guys like Magic and Bird come into ready-made teams with other Hall of Fames and things like that. So my Mount Rushmore, in no particular order, is um, Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron James and Bill Russell. And then obviously the other guys that are very close there, your Magics, your Birds and, and, and that type. But for me, those four, obviously we know Jordan's resume. We know LeBron's resume. Kareem obviously scored the most points, six-time MVP, six-time champion. Uh, and then Bill Russell, you know, how can you argue with 11 rings in 13 seasons, five MVPs, obviously played in a different era. There's only eight teams and things like that. But, you know, when we talk about um, winning, you can't go past Bill Russell. What about you? Yeah, it's funny. I, um, uh, as you know, I sent you my uh, notes for this pod um, last night. And even since then, um, I originally had uh, Jordan, LeBron, Kareem and Magic. 
And I was thinking about it again, and I thought, nah, I'm actually going to sub Magic out for Bill for the, for the same reason that, that you mentioned that, you know, and people say he only played against eight teams. That's not his fault. It's not his fault yeah. that he was playing then. Um, you know, and I think that 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 gets brought up too much um, in all these debates is, well, you know, they, they played against this team or that team, or it's not those guys' fault that they were playing in that era. Like, that's just the way it is. So... I actually agree with you on those four and 11 in, in 13 years will never, ever, ever be close to even someone will even get half that in the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's no way it's such, such an impressive, um, such an impressive feat. And um, yeah, there's a reason that the, the, um, the MVP is, is named after the big fella um, because it's hard to argue with that. That's right. Um, so that that's where we do agree <laughs> on our Mount Rushmore, <laughs> which is a good thing. One thing I, I did actually think is, do you reckon Mount Rushmore is a good um, amount? Like, do you reckon four is a good a good discussion point, or do you reckon it should be like five, or it should be ten, or like what do you reckon is a if people are talking about the greatest, not say the great, oh sorry, the greatest of all time, but say the greatest players of all time, as in uh, multiple? Do you reckon Mount Rushmore is a good I don't know way to go about it? Yeah, I think it just yeah, you know, most yeah, you know, most of the time people say, Okay, who are the top five, who are the top ten, you know, who's the best and all that. I like the Mount Rushmore, you know, idea because obviously it's American sport, American players, um, obviously from the presidents over there and things. So I like that that uh, nature of it. And you know, it just gives you, you know, some parameters to work around because you know, if you say, okay, let's just do the top five, and then, well, why don't you do a top 10? And then why don't you do a top 20? And why don't you do a top 50? So for me, just having the, okay, you've got a Mount Rushmore, so you've got to pick four. Because if you if you don't have those parameters, it's just how long is a piece of string for me? Yeah. Imagine doing a top 50 pod. See, that would take a yeah. long time. <laughs> I'd have to really do some preparation for that to just try and get That's down right. your top 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, now to obviously the main two, um, which I um, assume of your Mount Rushmore, you have LeBron Jordan one two um, in in that order, um, and I've got reverse Jordan LeBron. Um, now I'll get to my my first point, and then I'll let you um, uh, come back. But I think why there's a, there's a reason why um, this debate is so great, and it's because um, it's it's people put different weight and different um, importance on certain things. And then some people are like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just pretend that never happened. I'll just sweep that under the rug or, you know, and, and that's why you see so many different views on this, these, these debates. Um, for example, like I've seen um, uh, people argue and, and make legitimate cases for what's better. Um, 10 final appearances, four and six record four MVPs, or six finals appearances, six wins, six MVPs, um, peak of prime versus longevity of prime, uh, four titles with three different teams versus three peating with the same team, um, career stats um, versus you know number of awards, um, which era was harder, um, uh, which um, um, you know rule changes, um, the growth of sports science. The fact that the average player in today's game is is widely uh, agreed is better than the average player in Jordan's day, like all these you know so, sorts of things, and it's amazing how you can watch so many people make a legitimate case, but it's they're always forgetting something or or purposely not mentioning something when they do that. Um, and I think if there was some kind of um, 
uh, like scientific metrics that said you have to do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to be considered the greatest player of all time. Um, it would make it a lot easier. Um, the one thing I will say is, and this is where I think LeBron has the the benefit still, is he's still playing. Jordan can't change anything from his. Um, LeBron can obviously change things greatly. And the, the thing is, he can almost change it in two ways. He could he could make his case stronger, or if he came out and had like another 2011 or something, I'm sure there'd be you know lots of talk that it's you know it's over again. So, um, what, what's sort of your thoughts on on that whole range of things? I guess. Yeah, for me, this is probably my biggest um, pet peeve bugbear with the debate um, because you're right, there's no scientific metric to say, okay, this is the criteria and this is the absolute way. And, and that's why it's an argument, that's why it's a debate and that's why all the talk shows run it all the time and, and because there's never, there's never a definitive answer uh, because as you say, people hold things different ways and different importance and things like that. But for me, the the debate when people say it's LeBron will never be better than Jordan because Jordan six and O and LeBron four and six to me is the most ludicrous argument in the entire thing. The fact that we would discredit someone for coming second rather than first in a season, and it would somehow be better for his legacy if he comes third, and if he was four and O in the finals versus six and O, people would see that as as a better. Um, career for LeBron's, you know, LeBron's legacy. So, so whenever people make that argument, I don't debate with them because it's, it's not worth my time. Um, now, if someone wants to come and say Jordan played 15 seasons and won six championships and LeBron's played 17 and only won four championships, then we can have a conversation. Then we can debate it. But the people that say, oh, Jordan's six for six for six and it's all over because LeBron's lost six times in the finals, that's that's not a debate. That's not an argument. That's that's just silly to me. That because he comes second instead of first in a particular season, that that somehow affects and makes his legacy worse because Jordan uh, didn't lose. That it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, th- those those people are obviously put all their weight in the fact that one guy was undefeated, and that's all that matters. They don't put weight on anything else. It's just all you know, <laughs> and only looking at specific finals. Um, and that's it's fine. Right. That's. That probably comes up the most. Um, yes. And I think um, that and probably the, um, well, Jordan never had a 2011 collapse like LeBron, are probably the two things you'll find most, I guess, from from the uh, the Jordan side. Um, uh, and then um, on the LeBron side, it's it's usually that, that Jordan didn't play against the quality of teams that LeBron played against, um, you know, or, or, et cetera, et cetera. They're sort of the main points, um, which we know get, are pretty much spoken about on every show. If anybody's got a social media account at all, they would have seen. They would have seen these, even if you don't follow them. It's it's impossible to not see this this argument somewhere. Um, I think the other thing that that um, makes it hard to determine is because it's a team sport. It's not like tennis or golf or um, you know where it's individual based. And then you so then you got to start looking at well, whose team was better and whose teammates gave more help and. Um, you know, things like that, um, which adds a whole nother level of complexity to the argument. And there's people who say, um, you know, um, for example, that um, uh, LeBron in Miami had a, had a, had a great team, a, a quote unquote super team as they refer to them. Um, and Jordan's team was a bunch of scrubs and Jordan. Now that's not true. Like, it's, you know, there's, again, there's, there's your, 
Yeah, plenty of uh, scrub fans out there, as we know, um, which is one of the downsides of the game being as big as it is, is you get more of those people in as well. Um, with all that said, I think for me, um, the thing that stands out, and I think that the thing that I've reflected on more as to why this and this gets under my skin so much, like why does it get under my skin? Why why do I care so much about this? Um, I don't know either of them personally. <laughs> Um, you know, it's not like, you know, if someone's bagging out a, a close friend or family member, you go into bat for them, you know, that's just what you do. Um, but I was like, why, why does this annoy me so much? And why do I struggle to, um, to admit uh, just how good LeBron James is? And I think it comes down to the, that's just, just the, the way and the reason that for me, that I fell in love with the game of basketball and the reason that I still go for the Bulls, even though they've been terrible pretty much since Jordan left. <laughs> and the reason that, you know, we, that we have such a common interest in basketball and, and um, that the reason that we're really good friends, because if we didn't, it probably wouldn't be as, as close as it is. Um, and the reason that we're doing this is, um, is just because of, of Jordan. You know, I remember I was t- only saying to my wife the other day, I remember being seven years old. The first time I saw a Jordan game, dad had just got, it was, it was called something before All-Star, and that's what it was at the time. It used to get one NBA game like a month. <laughs> like, that's all you'd get. <laughs> and it was um, it was the, the Bulls versus Utah Jazz, and the Bulls are wearing their black uh, jerseys, not the ones with the um, with the pinstripes, but just the plain black um, ones. Um, and Jordan scored 44 in that game. And this was sort of like my first introduction, really, to, to basketball, um, which was kind of unique because Dad never watched basketball, so I was kind of lucky <laughs> to watch a bit of it. Um, and then my cousin was was a couple of years older than me, and he was really into basketball at that time, and had all the Jordan uh, documentaries at that time. And so, started watching them, and then you know started playing. And you know, I'd played a heap of sports growing up, but nothing sort of grabbed me like that did. And from there, it just went to strength, to strength, to strength. Um, so for me, it was such a big, such a big reason. Um, why I find it so hard, you know, because I feel like I wouldn't be where I am in my life if it wasn't for Jordan. Um, so for me, when I talk about family and friends and how you go into bat for them, it's almost like that, even though I don't know him. Um, so it's 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 a hard one for me to admit. Um, and I think this, the second part of that is that I was I was because of that I was unfair towards LeBron, um, particularly when he went to Miami. And part a, a big part of that was because they kept betting the Bulls. <laughs> Um, I, pretty much his entire time in the East, whether it was with Miami or Cleveland, it was at some point in time it was beating the Bulls. Like my biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing I can take joy out of is when we stopped that streak. That's the only thing I can point to. <laughs> and that's not much really yeah, compared to championships. So I'm sort of on the losing end of, of that scale there. But um, since he since he sort of left the heat and since I've gotten older, I've sort of, um, I don't know, become more wise, more reflective um, and... I, I realize now how lucky I am to witness LeBron James play and play li- like live. Like you can watch Jordan games and things like you watch old games, but it's not the same as living in the moment. Um, and I'm, I, I realize how lucky I'm because I'm jealous of those who lived in the Jordan moment because they got to experience this, this generational talent, you know, for particularly for that 10 year or 10 year stretch day in the nineties in particular, where, it was just Jordan, 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 Jordan. Um, and really the NBA now, you can't talk much about the NBA. You can't get many sentences in talking about the NBA without raising LeBron. Like it just, that's just the way that it, it goes. Um, 
So yeah, for me, it's it was that was where the hard part was. Um, but um, it's 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 close. <laughs> it's close. Um, and I'm, I'm not uh, stupid enough to know that it's it's not close. Um, and I think with LeBron, he for to me is definitely the greatest player of all time when it t- in terms of um, off the court stuff. Because, I mean, the last dance only magnified what we already knew, that Jordan was not an activist at all. That was not what he what he put his energy in, as, as he said, or his focus. Um, whereas LeBron, to his credit, because Jordan took the easy option of trying to please everyone, and LeBron puts himself out there in a way that I'm going to get disliked by a lot of people because of this. There was that um, UFC boxer or whoever who came out and had a go at him, and there's people always saying to shut up and you know dribble and all that crap. So I, I, I definitely think um, for him that um, that's definitely a, a massive, uh, massive positive in his way. Now I've, I've gone a bit offside my notes, so I'll throw you now from yeah. there. Yeah. So um, and I think most people would probably agree the off 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 the court stuff. LeBron is a considerable distance ahead of Jordan in that respect. Um, one thing that it seems the wheel's starting to turn um, from Michael's side of things, he's starting to be more socially conscious and, and trying to make a difference, which is a, a certainly a positive. But yeah, I think most most people agree that, yeah, off the court, LeBron has, has been far better in that respect. So well, I'll just, I'll, we'll stick with the team arguments um, at the moment, just to cover off um, some of the points you brought up. So the first one is, you know, people will argue, okay, two three-peats um, is more impressive than what LeBron's done, um, which is a perfectly legitimate argument. Uh, some people are going to uh, do that. For me, um, you know, it, it, it's so hard to win one championship, let alone to then back it up the next year and then be able to back it up and to do that twice over is, it, you know, is, is unheard of. There's a reason there's only been three teams that have won three peats and two of them were Jordan teams, the other being Shaq and Kobe. So, um, you know, that's, you, you have to give credit where credit's due in that respect. Um, the fact that LeBron's been able to now have won three championships with three different franchises, three different sets of teammates, three different coaches, for me, that's just as impressive as winning a three-peat. Um, so people can argue, well, um, Jordan did it twice, um, and, and that's fair enough. But, um, I guess what I would say to that is, in the second three-peat, he still had the same all-star, and he still had the same head coach, and they still had the same offensive and defensive strategies. Um, they just obviously had different role players than they had in the first first three-peat, so it was, it was a bit of a, you know, they continued that run on. It's not like they had to start all over again, like what LeBron's had to do from going to Miami to Cleveland to um, the Lakers. So for me, you almost give that a one-all draw for me um, in terms of how impressive the two feats are. Um, the second one I wanted to touch on is is the super team term that, that gets thrown around and the argument that people say, well, LeBron always had a super team and that's why he won championships and Jordan never had that. Um, which to me is, is inc- in my opinion, is factually incorrect. Um, in terms of, for me, a super team is a team that is clearly better than the opposition um, to term them a super team. Because if they were just two teams that were on even playing field, then they're just two great teams. But 
If you're going to call a team super, there has to be a distinct difference between the teams that they're playing. Um, and for me, people look at it from a point of view as, well, he had Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade, and then he had Kyrie and, and Kevin Love. And they say, well, that's a super team because you've got two other all-stars. Okay, to me, that's a very shallow assessment of a team. Like, it doesn't take into account a lot of the other things that come into team success, you know, things around, you know, what's the depth of your roster outside of those top guys? What are the opponents that you're playing? What are their rosters like? What sort of coaching do you have? What sort of culture? Um, do players get injured? Do players regress? Like, they might look at the, you know, the play that they had and the stats they had with the team they had before they came in but they don't take into account well, they're playing different roles and their play actually regresses and they're not that same um, also that they were when they come to the team. Um, you look at the you know, example of Kevin Love, he was 25 and 11 with Minnesota, but I don't think you can argue that he was that when he was with um, Cleveland and the same with Dwayne Wade as the knee injury started to pile up. Um, but, you know, we could, we could be here for hours and hours going down that rabbit hole of all those different um, things. So let's just stick with that shallow sort of assessment of what a super team is. And I don't mind if you call LeBron's team super teams, but we have to then grade other teams with the exact same criteria. Um, so I just wanted to go through and have a look at some of the teams that those LeBron teams come up against. And if you're going to call LeBron's super team, are we going to call these other teams super teams as well? So um, I'll go through these. So from 2011 to 2013, those Miami teams had two All-NBA players in LeBron and Dwayne Wade and three All-Stars, um, obviously Bron, Wade and Bosch, and one All-Defensive player being LeBron. So in 2011, Boston Celtics had two All-NBA Defensive players and four All-Stars. Um, so, you know, on that metric, you'd probably have to call that Boston team a super team if you're going to call Miami a super team. So there's the three criteria I looked at. I said, okay, how many All-NBA players do they have? How many All-NBA defensive players? And how many All-Stars do they have in any given year to say, is that a super team or not? So in 2012, um, the Oklahoma City Thunder had two All-NBA players. They had an All-NBA defensive player in Serge Barker, and then they had a sixth man in James Harden. So if you look at it that way, they had the same amount of All-NBA players that Miami did. They had an extra all-defensive player plus a six-man. So if Miami's a super team, you would think on that same criteria, that Oklahoma City team would have to be a super team as well. 2013, the Spurs had two All-NBA first-team players plus two All-Stars. So an argument could be made that's a super team. And then you go to 2014, Wade had regressed back. He wasn't All-NBA at the moment, so they only had one All-NBA player. Same as the Spurs. They had one All-NBA player. 2015, he goes to Cleveland, and now he's got Kyrie and Kevin Love. The only All-NBA players were LeBron and Kyrie, and Golden State had two All-NBA players in Stephen Clay. Plus, they had two All-Defensive players in Draymond and Andrew Bogut. Shout out to another hey, Australian, Andrew Bogie. Bogut. Um, and they had two All-Stars, same as Cleveland. They had two All-Stars in Kyrie and LeBron James. So if you're going to call the Cleveland team of 2015 a super team, you'd have to say that that Golden State team was a super team as well. 2016, again, Kyrie was hurt, so they only had one All-NBA player in LeBron, one All-Star in LeBron, come up against a Golden State team with three All-NBA players, All-NBA defensive player in Draymond, plus three All-Stars. So if you're going to call Cleveland a super team, obviously Golden State. 
And then we know, I don't think anyone would argue that 2017 and 18 Golden State were both super teams. So for me, if you're going to call the teams LeBron was on super team, then the teams he come up against, you also have to put in that same category as a super team. Um, and then on the Jordan side of the equation, um, you made the point that, you know, um, Le- Jordan 6 and 0, okay, and LeBron's 4 and 6, that's where the argument comes up against, okay, which teams are beating LeBron and which teams did Jordan beat for that to be a fair argument. So if you look at those teams Jordan was on when they won championships, so every every year except 1991, both Jordan and Pippen were all NBA players, all NBA defensive players and all-stars. So the only year that they weren't was 1991 when Jordan was the only one um, that made the all-star team and the all-NBA team. Pippen wasn't quite at that level yet. So they come up against the Laker team with one all-NBA player in Magic, plus two all-stars in Magic Johnson and James Worthy. But it's good to note that Worthy and Brian Scott both got injured in that final series um, when they, they played. So, and then from there, 92, um, Portland had one All-NBA player in Clyde Drexler, one All-NBA defensive player in Buck Williams, and only one All-Star in Clyde. Phoenix, one All-NBA player, one All-NBA defensive player in Dan Marley, and two All-Stars, Charles Barkley, Dan Marley. Then 96, two All-NBA players in Kemp and Gary Payton, two All-Stars and one All-NBA defensive player. The two Jazz teams the first year, both Stockton and Malone made All-NBA. Both made the All-Star team. And then 98, only Carl made the All-NBA team and the All-Star team. So an argument can be made that those Bulls teams were better than every single one of the teams that they come up against in the finals. So the you know, so 6-0, and you know, you can make the argument that they were the better team, so they, they were supposed to win. People will say, well, they never had a 2011 moment against Dallas, which is a perfectly fair argument because they never did they when they were supposed to win they did when they were the better team but an argument then can be made that Jordan never beat a team that was better than his Bulls team whereas you can say LeBron's 2016 championship he beat a better team than his Cleveland team yeah and that's I think the 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 superstar team is like when people say Oh, this player's a superstar. This player's a superstar. Whereas everyone's just a superstar nowadays. Is every team just yeah. a team that's a... And that's why I think you're right. Again, there's no metric for, for what makes a super team. Is it... If it was clearly defined, then again, this conversation would be easier to have. But I think you're right. I think these days, terms like super team, superstar, et cetera, et cetera, are thrown around so shallow, as you put it, that it then if every team is a super team, then no team's a super team. <laughs> like, yeah. And if it's, it's if it's if it's done on awards, the hard thing about that too is is it's like, well, who was voting, <laughs> and yeah. what was the pool of candidates that they were voting from? You know, because that always plays a a um a consideration too. And I, I when people say I think the average NBA player today is better than Jordan's area, I agree with that. I think that's true. I think that's almost true in every single sport around the world. I think the average players in sport today are better. That's just, you know, it's whether you call it the growth in sports science or the whatever, whatever, you know, but it's just, I think that's a, a legitimate, legitimate argument. And so that also plays a factor too is, okay, well, now we're talking about the, the talent being higher or blah, blah. And then the, the, um, 
uh, the other side is that people then say, well, you could get kicked in your ass back in those days and knocked down and, you know, physical and, you know, all that sort of thing. So that, again, it's like, where, what is the measuring stick? So then we know how to be consistent because every argument has a sliding consistency to make their side look better. That's just the way that these things, these things work. Um, I, I touched on it before, but, but for me, it's very close. And if somebody were to say LeBron is better two years ago, maybe I would have, punched a hole in the wall <laughs> like um and whereas now it's like yeah no that's that's cool um you know i i actually think that could legitimately be the case and i've heard great cases for it i've heard some terrible cases but you always hear them <laughs> um and you know i've heard terrible cases the other way um and i've refused to mention his name because we give him far too much love on on this pod but um <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 very close. And again, it, to me, it comes down to what you put more weight on. And for me, the only real difference is that I'm I'm not who I am without MJ. And to me, that means a lot. And I think what what also I've learned to understand is that who who you sort of grow up admiring. Like I think I think for example, I think I like have a heap of respect for people say like our age or older. So like you or people who are older who do choose LeBron because I reckon that's harder to do because we grew up with MJ being the guy. Um, and then it was Kobe for a little period. Remember there was a lot of Kobe Jordan <laughs> debates once upon a time. Yeah. And in 10 years time, it'll be Luca or it'll be somebody like, that's just, you know, the way it works. So I used to get so angry at all these, like say younger generation, but then I'm like, well, that's not fair because I was that when I was that age, you know what I mean? So um, it's, it's, it's amazing how big of a big of a role that plays. Um, the other thing that I've been really thinking about, and to be honest, at this point in time, I don't have an answer, is what would LeBron need to do for me to say he's better? And that's one that I'm still not sure on because of that love for Jordan. Like it, if it was if it was so conclusive, you know, I, I couldn't deny it <laughs> um, because I just look like an idiot. But for me, it's not yet. It's still so neck and neck that a case can be made either way that it's like, well, for me, MJ gets the nod just because I love him. Um, and, you know, I admit on the, on the day the Lakers won the, the title, I was watching the last dance a couple of hours later just to get my fix. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it, it is close. Um, and I don't think – I think there, there's a fair gap um, between the rest. Um, I, although I do think, um, as, as we've noted, Kareem and, um, and Bill – fantastic um i think they relied um more heavily on others um more than i, I guess your, your jordans and, and lebrons um have had to yeah that's right um and i think you know this is where for me the the debate between the two as you say it, it's very close um and depending on when you grew up and, and what you put value into things like that is going to sway you one way or the other. Um, and this is where the, the debate gets very, very interesting. Um, because for me, you know, the argument, in my opinion, you know, people talk about, okay, who, at their absolute best, who was better? Um, and in my opinion, the, the peak of Jordan's career was better than LeBron has ever been in his career. So... You know, for, for argument's sake, let's say the, the peak time of Jordan was between 1990 and 93, where he was just individually, that's where he was at the top of his game physically um, and mentally. For me, 
the bronze absolute best, so let's say for argument that's 2013, wasn't as good as what Jordan was during, say, that time period. But for me, the longevity of LeBron's career, he has been a better player than Jordan has for a longer period of time. So, Absolutely. you know, for for example, you know, people might look at, let's say you take, you know, you've got player A and player B. Let's say player A has been a consistent um, player for 10 years um, in, in basketball. And you've got player B who's been an okay player, has two or three seasons where he's a tremendous player, better than player A for, for argument's sake, um, and then is okay for the rest of it. So, if you're going to put those two players together, are you going to pick player B who was a less than player A for seven out of 10 years, but for three years was better than player A? Or are you going to choose player A who for seven of those 10 years has been a better player than, than player B? And that's, that's where I differentiate the two, because even though the argument can be made that Jordan's absolute peak was greater, LeBron's been greater for longer, which for me makes him a better basketball player overall um, than Jordan. So, but that's why this is a debate because you know, depending on how you view it, mm. others will say, "Well, no, his absolute peak was better than LeBron, so he's the greatest basketballer of all time." Yeah, and I, I think from from the um, those who who say that the the highest peak is how they judge it. Um, even they, I think, would agree that LeBron's like the most physically gifted athlete in the history of sports. Like that no one can argue the fact that, that his prime has been twice as long as most players or three times <laughs> as long as most players. And at age 30, I believe he's nearly 36. I don't know if he is just yet, but he's close. 36 um, on the 30th of December. There you go. Um, he doesn't look, appear to be slowing down. Like, so... You know, if, if he's if he's you know doing this in two more years still, it's like that's just insane how long a stretch this has been. Um, it's yeah, it, it, that, I don't think that can be argued. I just don't think that can be argued. Um, and I know that there, I've, I've definitely seen debates where certain people say I choose highest peak ever. That, that's my reasoning, and I've seen others say that's fine. I choose longevity, um, you know, because you give yourself a chance over a longer period of time, things like that. So I think that is a massive, massive point. And that's, I think, another reason why it's so close and why it can be so one way or the other, because of if, if people just use that as the comparison, um, which I have seen multiple shows do. <laughs> um, do you reckon um, that um, the... Do you reckon it's fair to criticize someone based on who they played against because it's it's not their fault that they played against them and it's 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 i've seen it in terms of the lebron in the east that the uh, east was always weak so lebron just cruised through therefore he's got more finals appearances therefore that's why he's been in the finals more and then I've seen it against Jordan that, well, he didn't play against anyone of talent. And there was a big gap in terms of the Magics and Birds were at their tail end and the Isaiahs. And then there was a gap before sort of the new generation um, came in. Um, and that in Jordan's day, it was dominated by big men, not guards. And that's why he could have his way with guards. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, same reason as we spoke earlier about Bill Russell winning 11, but only played eight teams. 
like, do, do you think it's fair to to have that to use that in, in arguments for argument's sake? Like, I know the flip side is fair. The flip side is fair to say, well, LeBron should not have won the twenty sixteen finals. That's that I don't believe that should have happened. So that is a massive, massive tick, you know, on his career. Um, but is it fair to criticise when it wasn't Jordan's fault? It wasn't Bill Russell's fault. It, you know, it, do you reckon that's fair? I think it, it's a way for people to um, bolster their argument one way or the other. If, if if we're trying to strip it all the way back and just try to get it to, you know, as factual and as, as black and white as, as you can in a debate where the whole thing's grey, I don't think you can say that, well, he only played against these guys or he only played against them because, as you say, they only can control what they control. You can only play against the team that's on the other side. You, you know, they can't be, you know, people, the, the argument at the moment is people say, oh, they avoided the Clippers. Well, no, they didn't go to Adam Silver and say, look, <laughs> we don't want to play the Clippers, you know, put us in a different um, different side of the bracket. And they've got no control over whether the Clippers make it to the Western Conference Finals or not. So now, remember, that that's a, held against them. remember, that's a conspiracy theory, just like LeBron told Jimmy Butler to have his two best games of his career so that they could win two games of the finals <laughs> and therefore look like a better opponent. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It, it just, yeah, you, you just can't do it. Like, if you do it, then you're just going off on a tangent that you it's just endless because there's no real answer to it. You just, you know, just basically arguing for the sake of arguing. So, you know, all you can do is play against the team that's on the other side and handle your business. So, you know, you can't criticise LeBron to say he played in a weak East and or, or the same thing. You can't criticise Jordan um, for, you know, the teams he played against because they've got no control over that. They can only control the success their team has and then go from there. Now, if we're going to start talking about saying, well, you know, LeBron played against better opponents in the finals than Jordan, then you can start to look at, okay, what are those teams and, and start to do it. But that only comes into effect if you're making the argument, well, Jordan's 6-0 and and LeBron's 4-6. and It's like, okay, well, who did he lose to those six times and who did Jordan beat those six times? And it's like, okay, well, you know, it, it's a bit rich to be like, well, he's lost six times when the team he had compared against the team he was playing you know it's that that other team was a better team and so he comes second that year you know we don't sit here and say well Jordan 6-0 and but he lost to Detroit before getting to the finals and he lost to Boston before getting to the finals you know that you know how can you how can you argue it one way and not argue it the other you know it has to be has to be fair on either side yeah yeah I think I think that's a that's a good point and it's it is it, as we've said throughout this podcast now it's People use it when they need to use it to validate the point they're trying to make. Um, and um, it, it seems to be, I think people are using it more because it is so close that they're reaching for every little thing to, to make their, their case better. Um, and there's certain people who are really good at it, at, at really good at, at using that sort of information. That's actually the way they go first. They go straight to the negative to prove their positive. <laughs> rather than vice. And then there's people who do it the other way. They don't bring up the negative unless they have to because of whoever they're debating against. Um, I will say probably probably one of the, the things that annoys me the most about LeBron, and I want to get your thoughts on this, um, is I feel like he's always self-promoting. 
Um, he's I, I do follow him on on his socials, and he's he's very active. Um, and I know that social media has a massive it's a whole nother layer really to this to this argument, um, both in a pro and a con sense. Um, but I don't understand why he needs to do that. Um, and I feel like I, I don't want to be brainwashed by people saying he loves to control the narrative, but I can't help but feel like that's part of it. Um, and for me, I, I go back to a book that we both love um, from Tim Grover about um, Relentless, you know, about um, coolers, uh, closers and cleaners and how he talks about cleaners being the ultimate competitors that don't need praise from anyone, don't self-praise. They just straight on to the next challenge. I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at and I'm moving straight on. Um, and Jordan obviously didn't do that in the same sense, but he didn't have social media either. So um, I, I, I guess the thing when LeBron says he wants his damn respect, is he saying that to you because of your Skip Baylesses of the world? Or is he saying it because he wants people like me to say he's better than Jordan? What, what, what do yeah. you reckon? <laughs> so I think for me, it's at a point, you know, we talk about eras with different um, other topics, like in terms of, you know, after the last dance, you know, there was talk, you know, you look at the way Jordan interacted with his teammates and you know, the things he was doing off the court, the smoking of cigars and the gambling and, you know, people always talk about well, it was a lot tougher back in the 80s and the 90s with the type of fouling and the fighting and the things like that. And there's a portion of people that, you know, will kill the players. They'll say, oh, they were dirty players and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and Jordan was a bad teammate and a bad role model. And then there are other people that will excuse it and say, well, no, that's what it was. That was the era back then. That's what the NBA was like. That's the way people act. Um, so that's why they do it. So I think that has to be taken into consideration when you're talking about this, because if you would do that type of self-promotion back in the 80s and 90s, it would probably be viewed as, you know, this, this guy's arrogant and, and so trying to control the narrative and this is not how things go. But I think in the era we're in now where everyone has a platform, we've got 24-hour news cycles, there's literally people on TV um, and in the media that their entire job is to discredit LeBron at every turn with ridiculous arguments and, and nonsense stats that make no sense, but people tune into it so it makes money so they have a job. Um, whereas I think you would find back in the 80s and 90s, you, know, you wouldn't keep a radio show or a column in the paper if all you were ever doing was just discrediting Jordan with, with silly stats and, and um, nonsense narrative back then. So he didn't have to, to deal with that side of it. So I think for LeBron, living in this world where there's, there's people out there that are just every day on TV and, and on their platforms making cases to discredit him for the achievements he's done, at some point he probably gets to where he's just like, well, I just want to say I told you so. Like I've, I'm achieving these great things, and you're out here trying to discredit me all the time. Like as a competitor and as a person, sometimes you just don't take the high rate and just like, no, I'm gonna stand up and just show you I'm a champion with with um, the Lakers, and you've been saying all this stuff that I was washed up and this and that. So I'm just gonna go out there, and, and if you're gonna talk your talk, I'm gonna talk mine um, over this side. And as you say, Jordan never had to do that in the 90s, but 
we hear the stories about you know how he took any um, little slight against him as a, as a personal attack and used that as fuel to to compete on the basketball floor. Um, I don't think the two of them are too dissimilar in in that respect. It's just they go about it and they deliver it in different ways because of the eras that they're in. Um, you know, LeBron does it through Instagram and and things like that. Whereas LeBron, um, whereas Jordan did it by you know, taking any of those flights and and magnifying it and making up stories in his head that you know they were personally attacking him. So for me, they're they're very similar. They just do it differently. Um, and I think LeBron's just now after 17 years, he's a bit like, well, I'm sick of taking the high road. If you're going to talk all this all the time, then I'm going to once I do achieve something, I'm just going to throw it back at you and say, well, look at this. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point, and I think um, something that I've learnt or or um, there's been a focus on more recently, and it was a big part of the um, the the last dance was was Jordan's baseball stint, how he was uh, emotionally immensely fried, and the media had a big play in that because they were all over him about his gambling, and and even obviously to the level that his gambling affected his father's passing. You know, there was um, <laughs> that sort of stuff was going on, um, which was pretty pretty unfair that he needed to actually leave to get his head right and come back. Um, and that's obviously LeBron hasn't done that. So that's another, uh, I, I guess, point that's amazing that he's been able to, to withstand it um, and withstand it, I guess, on a, on a bigger level these days because of all the, um, uh, the social media, you know, and the 24 seven news cycles and that, um, which yeah, is, is, I, I guess for me, I, I, because I'm used to that old school <laughs> style, it's like, man, just, you know, let us debate that. And he did say that, I think, on uh, The Jump or one of those shows. I'll let, I'll let you guys debate that. Um, and I thought there was an interesting pod with um, um, uh, Dudley on uh, one of the Ringer pods, and he was talking about uh, they watched, he watched The Last Dance with, um, with um, LeBron, and that LeBron never mentioned throughout that Jordan was better, which I found a weird thing to say because why, why would a competitor watch that and go, that guy's better than me? <laughs> but anyway, that's, that was a weird, weird comment. But the, just the amount of respect that he had for Jordan, um, and I think even I sometimes forget that. Even sometimes I'm like, hey, come on, just appreciate those who came before you, blah, blah, because of all this. But it's more him saying, like, enough's enough. Like, just give me a bit of a break. And you know, worry about yourself, you know, which I I completely understand because as a human being, I think everybody experiences that at some point in time. It's like just worry about you. Let me be me and do me, and you know. Um, so I, I get that. Um, one thing I, I that really annoys me is that if you don't say LeBron is the greatest, you're somehow a hater. <laughs> like, and I thought <laughs> Stephen A was on a show the other day, and I don't agree with him that it's a never. He, I think he said he'll never put. Yeah. LeBron first. I think that's the words he used, um, which I don't agree with because that's unfair because LeBron's still playing. It would be different if it was closed case now and he's saying never because neither of them can change their their careers, but but LeBron's still going. But he then went on to say, did you know I'm a hater? Did you know that because I've got LeBron as the second greatest player of all time that I'm a hater? And to me, I'm like, that's I think that's a generation thing um, because, the, again, it's one of those terms that's thrown around these days very easily. Oh, you're a hater, you know, because of this or that or... You know, we got mates of ours who think we're haters because we say KD took the easy road to a, a championship when he joined um, Golden State. Now, I don't think I'm a hater because of that. I think that's fact, but that's more my opinion. Um, what do you think about that whole, you know, hater thing? Yeah, see, I I get why people say that, but I don't think it's 
it's true if you're arguing it in good faith. So there, there are haters out there that on LeBron's side, they'll pump up everything he does and try to discredit everything Jordan did. Um, and and for me, that's when you're in the hater category where you're trying to discredit what they did rather than just argue that what LeBron's done is more impressive. And then on the flip side, you've got people that are always turning around trying to discredit anything LeBron does. The same people saying he avoided the Clippers, Miami were not very good, it was a bubble, blah, blah, blah. For me, that's that's when you're in the hater category, when you're... when the the arguments you're trying to make aren't the same on both sides. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have a debate about who's the greatest basketballer, the the standards um, that you argue have to be the same on both sides. You can't say this was great on Jordan's side of the equation, but then if LeBron does something similar, it's completely different. You know, for example, like if Jordan scores 50 points against a below 500 team the Jordan um, fans will say that he's got killer instinct. He never lets anyone get a, a hand up on him. He, he'll destroy anyone regardless. And then on the flip side, if LeBron does it, they argue, oh, he's just stat padding, you know, the front runner, this, that. It's like, well, no, you, you've got to, the, the standards have to be the same on both sides when you're arguing these two. And if you're, if you're changing the goalpost or discrediting what the other one did, that's when I think you get put in put in the hater side of things. If you sit there and say Jordan's the greatest because of X, Y, and Z, and you find that more impressive than what LeBron's done over here, then that's just an opinion, and that's just why we have have debates. And that doesn't make you a hater. It just means okay, I put more weight into what Jordan's done over here than what LeBron's done, and vice versa. Um, and I think they're the they're the people that are very enjoyable to have these debates with because you actually get down to the crux of the issues and, and finding out how other people view sports and what they find is more important and, and more impressive from individuals and from teams. Having the debates with people that just say the nonsense throwaway lines that, you know, six for six for six and, you know, LeBron's not clutch and, you know, all this sort of, and, and, you know, Jordan would have taken that shot and LeBron didn't. And, you know, those type ones, it's like, this is this is nonsense. This is just a waste of time to, you know, why why because Jordan did something and LeBron doesn't. Does that make it any different? Like they're different players. They do things differently. You know, just because one did it one way and another does it the other way doesn't necessarily mean this is the right way to do it. There's plenty of ways to skin a cat. So yeah, there, there's certainly haters out there, and for me, it's those ones that, that come up with those arguments that are trying to discredit what someone else did rather than just looking at at the facts and working out, okay, what do I find more impressive than the other? Yeah, I think, I think you made a good point there that it's almost like the, the, um, the irrational views uh, because you're not being reasonable. You're not giving somebody else the opportunity to comment on what you said on the flip side. You're saying, no, 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 you can only comment within these goalposts, but I can comment within these. Like, and unfortunately, if you look at any of those um, uh, clips you know, that go on social media from these shows and read comments, 99% of them are those scrub people saying the exact things that frustrates the hell out of, you know, those who actually think it's, it's a legitimate thing and not just, you know, not just that that ship sailed a long time ago, which if I say that ship has sailed, you know, one more time <laughs> in either direction, I'm going to go insane. Like I just I don't understand how that that's a thing, but anyway, it's, this is what it is. <laughs> um, do you like, I think the, um, the, 
what would you say, I guess, to somebody like me of um, who, who who has that love for Jordan, um, and that is my sort of thing I'm holding on to, I guess, at the moment between the two. Do you reckon? Um, and I'd probably it's probably not not so much me because I think I would admit this if this was the case. But do you reckon for a lot of Jordan fans, LeBron has to win six just so he can say? It's six rings and six rings. Forget about the losses because it doesn't matter where they lost. Do you reckon that needs to happen for some people? Certainly for some people, yeah, they're, they're going to hold hold on to that to say, well, Jordan won six, so for it to ever be a debate, he has to win the same amount. And my rebuttal to that is, well, Bill Russell won 11 and he never gets spoken about. Kareem's got the same amount and he never gets spoken about. And I know the argument always comes back to, well, Kareem only won two finals MVPs, Jordan won six because Magic took over. Bill Russell played in a different era with eight teams um, and and that sort of thing. But if you're just going to try to simplify to say, well, Jordan won six, so LeBron has to win six, then it has to be simple on the other side, doesn't it? It has to be as simple as, well, Kareem's got six and has got one more MVP. So in the basic of terms, he must be better. Bill Russell's got almost double. You see what I'm trying to yeah. say in terms of where they try to change the goalposts with, if you're going to make a very simple argument that Jordan's better because he has two more championships, then it has to be as, as simple to guys that have more than him as well. Um so that's probably where I sit in in that regard. Um, you know, it's it's this is, this is a very complex debate that, that encompasses so much as a basketball player, um, and you're breaking it down as simply championships, which are a team accolade in an individual argument. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's funny. It's it's funny because it it works almost the flip way too that you're talking about an individual being the best in a team sport, you know, like it's, yeah. it's such a hard one to do because as I said, it's not tennis, it's not golf. It's not these individual based sports where, you know, you can win an X amount of grand slams or something. And, and, but even then some people might say that, that just because you've won the most grand slams doesn't mean you're the greatest tennis player or greatest golfer, you know, winning a major of all, of, of all time. Like that's people make that argument. So it's, I mean, it makes it, it keeps the world interesting, I guess. If we all agreed on everything, it would be a very, very interesting place. I noticed something you said before, which I think is a really, really important part is, and this is an important part for everybody, I think, to understand is that there is no right or wrong way to lead a team to win a championship. It was for, for such a long period of time, it was you have to be like Jordan. You have to go out, you have to score the most points. You have to be an arsehole to your teammates. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to do these things. And Jordan admitted in the, in the, in the last answer, that's who I was. And if, if, if you're not cool with that, you're not cool with that. Like, you know, got, even got emotional about it. Um, and then you hear LeBron after the, after the game talk about how all he ever heard was you've got to be more like him and more like him. And, you know, that he always wanted to play his way. And I think that is, is such a great and refreshing thing for young basketball fans and even older basketball fans to see, to, to be like, I don't, I, I don't have to be that way in order to be great. You know, there's, there's so many different categories of leadership as we've spoken about on previous pods with, with the Clippers lack of leadership versus Toronto's and, you know, things like that. Um, that I think that's a really good way to look at it because there's so many young kids, I think, who, and I think, I think everybody just does this. It's just instinct as a human that you see someone when you're young and be like, I've got to do that in order to be good. 
you know, but at the end of the day, the other six guys on Jordan's team gets the, oh, sorry, the other players on those six rings get, get a ring, gets a ring as well. The other guys on the bronze teams get a ring as well. You know what I mean? So they're still champions and you and I can't say they're not because they've got something that we don't have. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's a really, a really good point. It's something that gets overlooked so often um, that you don't have to be a certain way to win. And it's really, really good that you've got two players who are unanimously considered, unless you're a scrub, one and two all time, play completely different styles. And, and that's, there's even people who say, well, I, I don't think it's a fair argument because they're so different. You, know, you, you hear that call as well. So I think that's a great point that, um, that often gets um, overlooked. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, you know, that, that's, you know, whenever people say, well, Jordan would have done it this way, so that has to be the right way to do it. And that's just, I don't think, a, a healthy way to to view things because you're right, there's, there's so many different ways to do things and it doesn't make one right and one wrong. If it generates the same result, it's like being micromanaged at work. You know, yeah. if you can do something three ways to get the same result, then you don't need to be over their shoulder saying you have to do it a way. Who cares how they do B, it? Yeah, B and yep. C still generates the exact same result. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's a really good point that you, know, you don't, if you lead a certain way and it generates a championship or, or not necessarily, it doesn't always end in a championship, but if you maximise the potential of your team, that's a good way to lead because at the end of the day, that's all you can be expected to do is maximize the potential of your team. You know, we've spoken at length about the Miami team through the bubble, you know, just because they didn't win the championship doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't maximize their potential on that team for that season. Yeah. Spot on. And if if there's another thing that I think it's, it's has um, become bigger to me, it is the importance of those role guys. Um, you know, your, your, for, for the sake of, of this argument, your, your John Paxons and your Steve Kerrs and your Mario Chalmers and your Kyrie Irvings and, you know, all these other guys who hit big shots that weren't um, Jordan or LeBron, <laughs> but lead to the same result of, of winning. And, and this is why we, we spoke about how much we love the Miami Heat culture is because that's all they care about at the end of the day is, is that W. Um, and that's something that, that um, again, is, it gets overlooked when it when it comes to talking about individuals in a, in a team sport. Yeah, that's right. Um, I want to do something, and this is I haven't covered this with you, so I'm putting you on the spot a bit. Yeah, but you're you're in the Jordan camp, and I'm in the LeBron camp, and we've gone over how how long has this been going for? So we've spent you know, nearly an hour going through um, in detail, you know, different parts of. The argument that, you know, as I said, could go on for hours and hours if you really start to break down all the different things, you know, we've sort of just um, glossed over the, the top of it. Yeah. But I thought it would be fun if, you know, just we'll try to summarise why we think Jordan is the best and why I think LeBron's the best um, based on the, the, I guess, the common arguments that, that come up, which are generally the championship side of things and then the player. Um, side of things, it seems to be the two two real sticking points. So, um, do you want me to go first, or you want to go first? I'm easy. I'm happy, I'm happy to go either way. Yeah, so I'll go. I'll go first, just so it gets a bit of an idea of what it looks like. So, 
obviously the one of the, the biggest argument they talk about, okay, Jordan's six for six for six and LeBron's only won four and he's lost six times. And the reason I, I believe LeBron is the greatest of all time, um, basing on that metric, is LeBron has won three championships with three different franchises, with three different sets of teammates, with three different coaches, um, and won four overall. He's won MVP in all four of those and has been the leader and the best player on all four of those teams. Yes, Jordan has won six, but in my opinion, the Chicago teams during that run, every single opponent they come up against in the final, Chicago was the better team. So he, so they, they won, won all six. For me, LeBron has been on the better team in the NBA finals three times and won two of them. The only time he didn't win when he was the better team was 2011, which I think we all agree. Um, they were the better team and lost that one, whereas he was the better team against OKC, which they won, and then they were the better team this year once they won. 2013, in my opinion, those teams are as close to comparable as you can get, 50-50 either way. They won that one in seven games. And then um, every other opponent that he's faced in the NBA Finals, the other team has been better than the team he was on. And he then managed to still win a championship in 2016 against Golden State. So that's why only winning four, for me, is more impressive than Jordan winning six. Because if LeBron had been on teams where they were the better time, better team six times, I believe he'd be at least 5-0 outside of the Dallas one. The argument that, well, Jordan never had a Dallas, I spoke about it in the pod. My rebuttal to that is, well, Jordan never beat a team like um, LeBron did in Golden State in 2016. So, and then from the player perspective, for me, Jordan's peak, yes, was higher, but LeBron overall has been a better player for longer and does more on the basketball court in terms of controlling the game, rebounding, assisting than Jordan did and has been able to maximise the talents of his teammates um, for a longer period of time than Jordan did, which is why I give him the slight nod over Jordan in those two respects. Yeah, look, I, I, again, I think the, the, the points you've made are, are points that I would say are, are points that make me think and challenge my views on mine um, because they're, they're fair. Um, I, think, I think for me, the two three-peats is pretty big, even though I agree with you, they were the best team. Um, I think the first thing is when you are the better team, you've still got to get the job done. Um, you know, um, the Bulls were lucky in terms of health pretty much all the way through. Um, you know, Scotty did his back in that last game, but I, I still think, um, you know, that that was sort of the, the Bulls were still the better team and, and Jordan was still by far the best best player on that court. Um, I, the reason I say that the, the three-peating is such a big thing and it actually is something that... Um, that uh, Miami were talking about after they broke up of just how draining it hard it is to continually go back and go back and go back. And Jordan did it not once, but twice, you know, and um, I also think as good as the bulls were when he wasn't playing baseball, some people overrate them at the same time. Um, Yes, they were a a bogus call away from making the the Eastern conference finals. Um, But to say they would have gone, they definitely would have gone through and won a championship is a little bit of a far, far-fetched stretch, I think, for me. Um, however, 
it's funny. I almost think in that season, Scotty Pippen was like a lesser man's LeBron. And what I mean by that is Scotty played that role of we're going to collectively, I'm going to encourage everybody and bring them across and bring them along, which was not, as we know, wasn't Jordan's way. His was, um, it's, it's pretty much just my way or the highway. And if you're not at my level, um, I'm going to have a problem with you. Um, you know, he spoke about that in the last dance that he, he never asked anybody to do anything that he wouldn't do, but he was just insane. So <laughs> that's why, you know, other people don't, don't live that way. Um, but I, at the same time, I, I don't think that discredits the three that LeBron's won. Um, which is impressive. Um, and I guess the counter side of that is, well, in this day and age, players do move around more. And so, you know, is, is six with one and two three-peats better than three, or sorry, four with three different teams? I think that's a legitimate argument. And I, I don't really have a conclusive answer because, again, it depends on what you put more weight on. Um, with the individual side, um, for me, I think of well, what's, what's the essence of basketball? It is just to, to put the ball in the hole and stop your opponent from doing that. So if you break it down to its simplest form, you've got to try and put this little round ball through a hoop and stop the other guy from doing that. Now, who did that best at their best? And this is where it comes to the peak versus longevity argument. Again, I get the longevity argument. If I'm a GM, it's probably a different answer. I'm probably going with the longevity <laughs> side of things. Um, but for me, it's Jordan. So, and it's close. Don't get me wrong. I think the PR, the analytics PR, is very, very close. But Jordan has a slight advantage over career. And again, so it's almost like everything you've said. I've just gone the other side <laughs> because based on just what I put more weight more weight on. Um, I think. Look, put it this way. I, I said earlier about. Um, I don't. I'm not sure what the criteria would be for for me to change my view. And I don't think it comes down to rings. I don't think this, if he won six, I don't think that would um, like, that's my requirement. For example, I think a really big thing for me will be if LeBron becomes the all time scorer, scoring leader, because I think that demonstrates that he was able to become all time at something that wasn't even what he was known for. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's sort of a, a hidden treasure, I guess. Um, so if he's able to do that and um, that, that's going to be pretty, pretty massive um, for his legacy because what one of his biggest criticisms from most pe most people is that he doesn't take that shot. He's not a scorer. He's not a, you know, as we just spoke about before, there are multiple ways to, to skin a cat. So um, yeah, I think that would be a pretty, a pretty big thing. Um, and the way, the way he's going, he's going to take that out in the next couple of years. Like it's not even going to be, not even going to be an issue. Um, you know, obviously you hope for health and everything like that. Cause you, that, that just can ruin arguments when, when someone didn't get a fair crack at it. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, that's, that's where, where I currently sit. Um, as I said, a couple of years back, I would have been like, Oh, the ship sailed. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Screw you, LeBron, you know, um, and we've still got, we've still got mates who are like that. So <laughs> that's just the way that it is. Uh, but I think, yeah, it's like, if I, if I bleed, I bleed Jordan. You know what I mean? Like that's why it's just so, so massive for me. Um, and I, as I said earlier, I respect so many people who are my age and older who have a different view because I just struggle to have that. Uh, but I will say one thing to, to sort of finish this off is I do believe you can appreciate both. I don't believe you have to hate one. And unfortunately, it's almost become like a political thing where you have to hate one. You can't like both. You have to choose a side. You know, one's liberal, one's labor. One's, you know, you, you've got to choose one or the other. Um, and, and to me, that's disappointing because I don't want to, I don't want to get bogged down in that and miss in my life seeing 
someone who is arguably the greatest player of all time because that would be really disappointing to get to old age and be like, damn it, why didn't I enjoy that more? Um, so, yeah, I guess that's that's where I sit at, at this point in time. And that's we've, I think we've done pretty well to keep it as <laughs> this short because it, it could go for ages. <laughs> that's right, exactly. And then that, that political point is spot on that, you know, some people out there feel that, they have to, if they are in the Jordan camp, then they can't like LeBron. And then if they're in the LeBron camp, they can't like Jordan. Because we've spoke so often about, we wish that we were older in the 90s and watch it live, that type of greatness. And we have the opportunity now and people are letting that get in the way of them just appreciating and enjoying watching greatness as it happens. Yeah. Whether you think Jordan was greater, that you can still think that. But don't do it at the expense of not enjoying the greatness that we're seeing from LeBron James. Yeah, it's, it's, it comes down to that. You just appreciate greatness no matter what it is. Do, do you or don't you, you know? And that's, it, there's certain people who are like, well, I only do if it's my way. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not, it's, you know, and it is. It, I think that it, it's very, very political. And the funny thing is, I think in, in 20 years time, if, if the world's lucky enough to have another player who's in that category, <laughs> there'll be there'll be probably LeBron fans who will be Jordan fans now <laughs> having yeah. their points in, in 20 years time. And I mean, I think from a, from a fan's point of view, you want the game, you want players to just get better and better. You don't want them to be get worse. Like that would be disappointing, but at the same time, it's like, but I also want to hold on to, you know, what makes me me and why I love this game so much um, because you don't want to lose that either, you know, because then you lose the, the passion and the love. So it'll, it'll be funny when, uh, when Luka Doncic is in this argument, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is right. <laughs> um, anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, hopefully people will listen all the way through. Um, and shout out to those who did on our last pod. We had a, a record-breaking pod um, with uh, with Pat on. So um, that's I'll, I'll give Pat all the credit for that. <laughs> the, the Pat Gleason effect. So, no, I think this has been really good. I think we've been going just under an hour and 15 minutes. but um, And I don't think we're any closer to answering the question. And I think that's it's at that point now where I think it's it's very much neck and neck and it, it just comes down to what you value more out of out of a player I don't think you know you know certainly after his Miami days there was legitimate arguments to say well he's not at that level I think now this fourth championship it, it really is just comes down to what you value more in a player and what you don't um, and it's just about appreciating greatness we, we don't need to say what LeBron did is great and what Jordan did was bad or vice versa anymore. Like we just should appreciate what they're doing and have good debates about this sort of stuff without the nonsense and the negativity and then and, and that side of it. Just dive into the facts and the stats and then things like that instead of saying, well, you know, what LeBron achieved isn't as good because of X, Y, and Z. It's just, well, LeBron's done this great thing and then Jordan did this great thing and I think that's greater than this because of X, Y, and Z. Yep, very, very well said. Um, you know we're going to be tagged in so many things of people trying to rile us up because that's just what people do. <laughs> yeah, the old triggers out there. Yeah, that's right. People love seeing other people get rolled up. <laughs> but it's funny, I mean, to, to your point, um, and we've spoken about this before on this pod that that we have a uh, a group chat with mates, and there's we get other guys riled up when we have a go at their favourite players as well. Like it's it's amazing yeah. how loyal we are to our guys, but it doesn't mean that you can't like other guys either. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, very good. Well, uh, that was, I think, the, the, the topic that was uh, most important at this point in time and being talked about around the world. So um, I guess we, we have to now come up with something else for the next pod. <laughs> Um, yeah, because growing. obviously the game's finished and we don't know when at the, this point in time it's the next season's going to start. So um, I guess we just get to see more goat debates. <laughs> yep, that's right. Another few months of it and you know, we'll start seeing some free agency and then draft and things like that. But, uh, yeah, very true. This, we, you certainly could uh, just stay on this debate for, for months and months and months because uh, you, know, just, you dive into it so deep. And there's never an answer at the end of the day. So you just keep going and going. That's right. That's right. And as I said, from the get-go, I think the 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 one, I think they're neck and neck. And I think the one advantage um, that LeBron has is that he's still playing. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't see another 2011 happening. So that's just, that's scary for, for Jordan fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Very good. Um, thanks uh, for those who have listened as always. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, Buckets, I will uh, talk to you soon, mate. Sounds good, mate.